You're listening to Toss Out the Rules podcast, where we bring together influential people from all walks of life. Defining their success with their own rules and sharing their stories the way they want to. This is Kelly Fernandez and Alessia Danielle, two girls with no rules and leaders in our industries of business and health and wellness. As master networkers, we love to connect and cultivate relationships. We've realized everyone has a story to tell and there's no right way to success. Our mission is to empower your individuality, awaken your purpose, and up-level your life to live a life of authenticity. So tune in every Tuesday for groundbreaking inspiration. Get ready to open your mind and toss out the rules. Katarina Sir is an Australian 28-year-old entrepreneur and leader in the Generation Y female network marketing community. After over five years' experience in the prestige personal care and health and wellness sector of the network marketing industry, Kata identified a need for stronger leadership and role models in the Gen Y demographic. She began building Kata the Brand, an online coaching program aimed at helping Gen Y women in the network marketing industry to learn to be more authentic and skilled at what they do. The program has seen over 50 graduates since its launch and resulted in a shift in the perception of network marketing within the Gen Y demographic, but it was not all upward success, which led her to her third business. Why not the brand? Katza values ethical, sustainable business community and instills her personal values in each of her businesses. Why not is her passion project, and she continues to bring more positivity, fun, authenticity, and togetherness to the world by bringing people together over a social heart-to-heart space, aka sharing a glass of vino. So welcome, guys, back to Toss Out the Rules. I am particularly, is that like, did I say that right? Um, pumped about... Our guest for this week, um, it, she is someone that I have followed for six years in my own business, and we would connect briefly here and there. And there were so many things that she was doing that I was just like, I, I wish that I was on her team. Like, I want to know more about what she's doing. <laughs> and then you, she started her own business alongside the network marketing uh, business that we were both a part of. And then she started her own wine brand. So needless to say, true trailblazer for uh, Gen Y entrepreneurs, not just, not only not just one source of income, but not just one um, industry. And seriously, watching you has been amazing. But I think what I really appreciate the most, Katza, about you is your integrity um, and also how transparent you are. And I think some people may be afraid to be transparent because they don't want to turn people off or make people think um, that what you're doing is hard or not as glamorous as some people make it look. And so I would love if you could just share a little bit about yourself, um, what the past few years have looked, you know, looked like for you, and then what we really want to you know, chat with you about is failure and how failure is an option, but it's not your forever and it's just temporary. Um, something that you had shared. I don't even know. I was like stalking your Instagram, you know, again, but <laughs> something you had shared made me just think, okay, this is a really amazing topic because you've been through, you've, you have three businesses, you know what it looks like with the ebbs and yeah. flows. They're just not, um, you know, forever failures. They're just like, you know, little hiccups. So take it away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for such a 
the youth are for warm welcome. And, you know, what I love about network marketing is that so many of us actually band together and do this together instead of look at things competitively. So it's really awesome that we've been able to connect and that I've been able to inspire you. And I love that you are doing this podcast. <laughs> I bet, you know, you were thinking about this for however long and then have to plan it and put it together and like building a business from the ground up is not easy and you're here and you've had guests on and people are saying yes to you like this is amazing so I hope you acknowledge and recognize you know how far you've come as well because I certainly know that you know branding something and building something is not easy so yeah well done to you firstly and thank you for having me on I'm you know absolutely honored and grateful to get to share something that I'm so passionate about which yeah, is business integrity and and definitely talking about failure has had to become a part of my daily life, um, which I don't think I thought about when I first started business, especially like you mentioned, my first business was network marketing and people don't often talk about failure in network marketing. It's mostly about yay, success and splits and glam and all the possibility and opportunity, which is so true. But um, I think people tend to slide over the fact that in order to succeed at anything, you have to fail a million times first, mm-hmm. which if you've been following my social media, you will see that I do fairly often. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, what is it that you want to know? So my business journey or should we get straight into the failures? I can talk about the wine company, the consulting company, network marketing. Where should we start? Yeah. So, um, you know, let I would love to hear more about where the spinoff came with uh, Kata the brand and then where the wine company and the wine brand came from and just you know, the journey with that. And if you have any tips along the way of, you know, I mean, and feel free to, again, be as transparent and uh, authentic as possible, because that's really what this podcast is all about. Um, Mm -hmm. But really for our guests and our listeners, just knowing that it's okay to have a failure in, you know, in your journey, it doesn't mean that you have to unpack and live there. But what does failure bring to your business and how to how to kind of overcome it? Well, do you know what's funny about that is the word failure is really funny. It's something that I wish kind of didn't exist because I don't really believe in a failure. I think we set expectations for ourselves and when we don't achieve that exact expectation in the exact time frame that we suggested for ourselves, we consider ourselves a failure. And I think there's been this connotation that failure is a bad thing and that it's the reverse of success. But what I've learned, like, I mean, Cat of the Brand came out of, I'd, I'd like to say extensive failure through network marketing. Right. Because the way that brand actually originated was my inbox was so full with people in network marketing asking for help, thinking that they were failures, looking for another way, having seen me do things in my network marketing business differently which P.S. I only did because the things that I was taught were not working for me. So right. I could have considered myself a failure at that point right. if I really wanted to. But I found ways that worked for me. And because I was doing that authentically, other people attached to that. And because of that, my inbox was full. And because of that, I couldn't keep up. And because of that, I decided I had to automate and create some kind of way to communicate with more people to help more people if that's what they needed. And because of that, came came of the brand. And because of that, I was put under massive, massive fire. Um, with my company and with network marketing in general because I was saying things that, you know, people didn't want me to say, like, don't spam people, it's annoying, and actually care about the fact that if you talk to 100 people and 99 say no, that's annoying. 
And, you know, from that, I started operating my business on a more social scale. Um, And I would show myself drinking wine and having a great time instead of operating on the basis of what I was taught, that you had to only show the successes in your business, which I just thought was, you know, not real and would set people up for failure with their expectations. So I started to get tagged in so many wine-related memes on Facebook and Instagram and people were doing it as a little bit of a joke, like as a little bit of a, you know, not, not to be negative, but yeah, it came like with a, a bit sting. of a negative connotation. Yeah, right. And because of that, I thought, well, you know what, if people are associating me with this anyway, why not have my own brand? Like if they're going to tag me in something, at least let me make money from that. Mm-hmm. And that's where why not the brand came. So the entire journey of my business and even starting network marketing came from where I could have considered myself a financial failure because I ran out of income after my dad was diagnosed with cancer and my full-time job didn't pay me anymore. So failure is an interesting concept. And I think when you look at it as a nudge from the universe that you need to change something or do something differently or pursue something or speak out or just take action in some way, I think that's where success is born. So I wish people would stop being so afraid of failure and instead go, perfect, this hurts or this doesn't work, therefore we need a new solution or I need to take action. So that's how I look at failure. Absolutely. And I just, I, I totally forgot to mention this. She is in Australia and it's um, 6.15 <laughs> in the morning there. So this just shows you her not, level of not even just dedication because I wouldn't necessarily, you know, consider to have to be dedicated to Toss Out the Rules podcast, but just how uh, willing she is to put herself out there and share what she's passionate about and just, I mean, really just be a complete open book. We had like two email exchanges prior to this about what we were going to talk about Um because also, too, sometimes you just wake up feeling different and what you planned to share a week ago is going to be really different than when you wake up. So also her gorgeous accent is uh, Australian. So I just <laughs> I just had to you know point out the obvious. Um, so one thing that you mentioned in the email, um, you know, when we were talking to you about this interview was that you did start your own network marketing consultancy and that you really put your neck out there and that you took a lot of hits um, hits mm. from that. Can you explain a little bit more of like what came, you know, why that happened and what you were able to, and I know you said, you know, why, uh, why not the brand came from that, but just talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when I established Cat of the Brand and I put my name on it, it was literally me, the brand. The reason that I did that was because I'm, I'm very much a big picture person and the biggest challenge I see people go through in network marketing is not that the business is hard. It's not that the systems are hard. It's not that the products aren't great. It's actually other people's judgment and opinion. Mm-hmm. And network marketing is an industry where anybody can get involved. But because anybody can get involved, 99% of people do not have the skills, capabilities, business background, um, and, and just grit to be able to deal with people's judgment day in, day out. And so that external judgment really is a huge pressure on consultants in network marketing. And one of the major reasons that people either do not start network marketing or give up way, way, way before they get any sort of consistent paycheck. So I was sort of thinking if you can deal with the big picture first, and the big picture is that people looking externally at network marketers consider us annoying, salesy, Mm -hmm. spammy, um, just a bit of a joke. So if you could deal with that bigger picture, that would allow pressure to be removed and it would allow people to thrive in the industry and actually recreate the industry as one of integrity, which is, is how I see it. 
Absolutely. So when I established Cat as a brand, it was with that in mind. What happened instead <laughs> is that instead of people seeing me as somebody that was helping their team to not quit, to build authentically, to talk to millennials. Because when I started in network marketing, I was one of the few millennials in my company. Um, it was all mainly stay-at-home mums and older people. So it was quite different the way I was doing things. And I was trying to communicate in the way that, you know, our age and demographic communicates. But instead of people seeing that as a great thing and, a, oh, perfect, I don't understand them, but she does, she can help them. Um, what I found is that leaders started to get quite... Uh, I guess because they didn't understand what was behind the business, they were thinking that I was trying to poach their consultants, oh, that no. I was trying to teach them a different system. Um, I was sent to compliance more times than I can possibly count. Like I was on a first-name basis with people in the legal team. Oh, it was gosh. ridiculous. And my message through Cat of the Brand was just do it your own way. Right. If hosting parties isn't your thing, that's okay. Like just sell products somehow, right. do it through social media, do it in ways that feel good to you, meet girls at bars if that's where you are. But the message got lost somewhere along the line and I just started to get attacked constantly because people didn't like the fact that their teams were coaching with me. They did, they thought that I was trying to bring them across to my team. There was just this, all this misunderstanding. But one thing that was very apparent is no one was willing to talk about it because when you, I'm very confrontational. <laughs> um, when I, I believe that. in something, I'm, I'm happy to talk it out because I think communication is the basis of everything and misunderstanding is simply like a communication. Absolutely. So no one was willing to talk about it because I think no one was willing to admit that certain things were working, certain things were not, but that there were certain ways of doing business that were right and that were potentially not so ethical. So those are the challenges that I was facing with Cat of the Brand and you know, eventually I just went, you know what, the best way for me to have an impact on this industry is just to do it myself and it's just to show people that what I'm saying actually works. So I closed the business very deliberately. It was very sad. I miss it every day <laughs> but the energy that I've been able to give back to my team instead of everybody else's team is just like tenfold. So it's totally worth it. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And I think when I... Um when, I, when we're talking about failures, right? Uh, if you were to look at your business on paper and it's now closed, somebody might look at that and say it was a failure, right? But right. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But I think when, and, and when people are taught it's either succeed or fail and that, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this time and time again, failure is not an option, failure is not an option. Um, sometimes it has to be an option for you to find something else. And it doesn't mean that it takes a part of you and, and, and it dies, uh, it grows something else. And so and now I know also from, you know, just being a part of this business and following you that you are uh, also wearing qualification for the top level of your company. And so somebody else may have gone through what you got, went through and said, you know what, I'm just done with this whole thing and I'm bitter and, you know, and I'm, I'm upset and I feel attacked and instead you persevered. And so what were some things that you did between the stages of, you know, deliberately closing a business that you built from the ground up to now, you know, re-energizing yourself to put back into like your original business that you had started? I think for me, the only reason I'm okay with those decisions is because they were decisions. No one closed that business for me. No one has been in control of my life but me. And I think when you look at things 
from that perspective, like, oh, I've chosen every single step. I chose not to quit here. I chose to do this because of my values. You can't be a failure. I would consider somebody more of a failure if they continue to take action in a way that wasn't aligned with their values than if they chose to deliberately stop something, change something, change course, um, but aligned to their values. So I, again, I'm a big picture person. I think when you have an intention to do something, we map it out to the best of our abilities. But in a human world, things are like you're not in control of much, if I'm honest. You're in control of your intention and taking action. But what that looks like is so different. And I think anyone that is under the illusion that they can control something start to finish either is just delusional or by doing so completely breaks the flow of their own values, their own integrity, you know, steps on others. So I don't consider results as success. I consider the way in which the person achieved the result of success. So by closing Cat of the Brand, I actually made more of an impact than I would have had I continued to fight that fight mm-hmm. and not built my own personal team. Like even with giving, I was funny, I was talking to um I was talking to somebody about charity and about charitable giving and my opinions and perspectives on that. And I very much believe in I, we, all, which means you take care of I first. Once that's full and happy and content and healthy, you give to we, which is your partner, your family, your friends, your immediate community. And then you go and proceed to give to all, which is villages in Somalia and people that you're absolutely never, ever going to meet or touch or connect with. But if you're not healthy first, what's the point? Same thing with business. If you're not okay first, what's the point in giving on a bigger scale? Absolutely. You know, how you have to fill yourself up first in order to pour into other people. And sometimes that can be really exhausting. You know, you're doing the work yourself. And I think what happens naturally, and tell me if you agree with this, when you are filling yourself and you just feel like that energy. I mean, the, this was yesterday for me at the end of the month. I also had, a, I never drink coffee ever. And I had a coffee at uh, 8 a.m. And literally at still 11 o'clock at night, I was jumping up and down. I ordered a trampoline because I need something to like burn off my energy when I'm home. It's, it's sick. Um, and actually, uh, one of the girls that we had on our podcast, Carissa, was the one who had taught us that. So I'm like, literally that day, I just ordered this trampoline and um, it's still not here yet. So I was just jumping up and down like a psycho. And um, I just said like, these are the these are the times that I just want to scream out to people like, why doesn't everyone do this? Or why why are people in their own heads about what they're doing? Um, Because I'm I'm so filled up that it's literally pouring out of me. But Mm -hmm. if you try to do that, when your levels of energy and belief are low, first of all, people can sense that, right? That's where like the authenticity comes in. Um, And that's what I appreciate so much of what you share is not just woohoo, rah, rah. This is amazing. Like this is so glamorous. Oh, but you know how much I cop for that. Yeah. People don't want me sharing that. They're like, no, 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 don't show the work. I'm like, well, why? Yeah. I remember when I wasn't showing the work and I was just showing that, yeah, I moved to New York. My life is amazing. My team quite quadrupled. Right. But they did absolutely nothing. Right. Because it's not like, it's, it's like, as I used to work in recruitment and human resources, it's like putting out a job ad being like, you're going to get paid $120,000 a year. Yeah. And not putting any description of what's required. 
Yeah. Like everyone's going to apply for it, but they're not going to be qualified to do the right, job. Right. And they're, they're going to be severely disappointed when they get there. And they're going to be shocked that they actually have to do the work. Um, mm-hmm. And this, I mean, this conversation could go into like so many different industries between influencers. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's not just this, right? It, it's, it's, it's so much. It's like saying that you could go yeah. to college and just show up. Um, Kata Kelly just arrived. She's here. Hey. Yay. <laughs> so we were, we were kind of just like talking about a bunch of different things, but I'll, I'll bring you up to speed, Kel. So, um, She's also network marketing that took her to open up a network marketing consulting agency, essentially called Cat of the Brand, because she had so many people reaching out to her about, and Kelly can definitely resonate with this because Kelly's in real estate and she has other realtors always asking her, how are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. Always. And she, and this is like perfect because you guys are very similar in, in this, uh, in this sense that she is younger uh, on the younger spectrum of, of realtors, the average realtor is what, 54, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for her to be doing this, one already catches attention, but she does it in a very different way where you never feel like it's not this. If, you got, if you're selling a house, let me know. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you know anyone that's selling a house, contact me. Like, no, it's so not like that. So I'll let you kind of share that. But so she was saying that she had opened up this agency because she had so many people asking her, how are you building your business this way? Like, I love what you're doing. And essentially it kind of um, nipped her in the butt because other teams or companies were thinking that she was trying to poach their consultants and really she was just helping them. And mm-hmm. then in turn, um, wh- like why, why not the brand, why not the brand came of that <laughs> as um, kind of like she said a, a joke because she was like, well, I just started like sharing that I was like having a good time and drinking wine. And it became this thing where I was being tagged in all these wine brands. And so she kind of took that and ran with it. So, but I'll, I'll let you go, Cal, since I've been talking the whole time. Oh no, (laughs) no. I'm really excited to hear about all of this. I mean, it sounds like you just layer different businesses on top of each other and opportunities as Mm -hmm. well as you're going through your own personal journey. So, um, yeah, I'm like really excited. Yeah. So um, so we were talking a little bit into uh, talking, speaking to failures okay. and what people perceive failure to be and also um, it's okay. And mm-hmm. but at the same time, like and she said she had mentioned this, that, um, you know, she's like, I wish failure wasn't even really a word. Yeah. Right. So um, kind of the other couple of things that we we were like thinking about as we were, you know, looking through a lot of, a lot of what you share in your personality is, um, not just failure, but maybe some tips that you have for people that are feeling, um, like they set a deadline for a specific goal and they haven't Mm -hmm. hit it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some things that you do, you know, whether it's daily mindset work, whatever, um, to help because I think everyone has been in a, in a in a position where you set like an unrealistic goal, which sounds really cool and exciting, and then when you actually don't hit it, you're like, oh no, like did I, you know, did I did I consider myself an overachiever or something? Yeah. Um. So with goals and timeframes, I think it's good to set a time frame as a marker. But then you have to work backwards. And I'm very much a strategic planner. Like I write things down. I'm a very big goal setter. I will piece things apart until it becomes a daily to-do list. And then I put that in my diary in scheduled formats, like 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there. This is going to take two hours. This is going to happen on Wednesday. Like I know everything that's going to happen. That's all well and good on paper. 
but then life happens. Mm. <laughs> and I think where people get lost is they choose, choose an important part, choose to go follow life instead. So their daughter got sick, they went and picked her up at school instead of spending two hours posting out those things. That's a choice. But then they come back at the end of the day and they go, oh, my gosh, I haven't achieved anything. I'm not going to get my goals. I'm such a failure. No, you're not. You prioritize your daughter being sick over working your business. Now, how that's perceived is really interesting to me. So I follow a lot of like business people. Um, like I read heaps of books. Gary Vee is one of my mm-hmm. idols. You know, but at the same time, you look at messages from people who are high achievers like Grant Cardone and Gary Vee. And their perspective on this type of thing is you do it no matter what. Now, the no matter what bit really irks me, really irks me because I see it pop up in network marketing all the time. And you can achieve any goal you set your mind to. Absolutely. With my wine company, I've been building it for three and a half years. I could have set that up by now and got heaps more sales. Like I could have been much further ahead. However... I chose not to sacrifice certain things like my health, my mental health, my relationship, you know, my sleep, all of these things which are totally sacrificable and would lead to a result, but I chose not to. So when people are missing their goals and deadlines, I really like to remind them that they have chosen to put one thing over the other. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's healthy or not is a different story. Sometimes they chose TV over running their business, totally non-productive, but sometimes they chose their mental health overrunning their business, which in my mind, considering I look at business as a long-term forever strategy, like it's going to be there forever, you have to do that. It's a part of your journey. It was always going to happen. And adding that pressure, that goal triggered you to take care of yourself, which long-term is healthy, which long-term is going to get you to your goal, just not the time you thought. Mm-hmm. So that's how I perceive timeframes. I think they need to be flexible to account for other things which are hidden below the surface. Yeah. I mean, I just actually saw Gary Vee a week ago from today. I can't believe that was just a week ago. But he was going over, you know, um, when you go to a talk that he's at, he has time at the end for people to come up to him and ask questions and everyone chimes in. And a lot of people, you know, different questions were like, oh, I can't do this. And I don't have enough time because I'm doing something else. And he was just very straight up. And it's like, you have time. It's like, what are you prioritizing? Mm-hmm. Um, but he also really, I've this is the second time I heard him speak. And actually, the first time was with Alessia. Yeah. And this talk was a little bit different because the last talk was like all about like, how much you're spending and time and having a hustle mentality. And then this time he shifted into more what, how happy are you with everything that you're doing? Like, are you doing Mm -hmm. all these businesses and you're coming home and are you happy? Because then that's not winning. And he just really went into Mm -hmm. that topic a lot. And you bringing up mental health is the long-term game because you're not burning yourself out. You're, you're, taking a moment to step back to see where you're at and doing things that are good for your soul. And then when you're on, on your business, then you can give it like all you have and really focus on that. So it was very interesting for me because I kind of went into the talk being like, oh, I know what he's going to say. And it was a totally different shift. And he had just many new perspectives of like, his ideas of success and happiness. And he's actually been sharing that more on his platform. Um, So that's that's very interesting. Yeah. And I, 
I just really agree that a lot of people, I mean, yeah, just even yesterday, this happens daily, I think, to both of us. But a lot of people come up to us and it's like, you have a podcast, you do this. Like, what don't you do? <sighs> and mm. and I'm like, you can do, I mean, is that, are you saying that because there's things you want to do? Because you can do it. And it's just prioritizing your daily activities and figuring out what days you want to focus on what and, you know, just figuring out what makes you happy and organizing your life around that. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I think that is, it's so good because there is a shift. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at some of the older content of business yeah. um, coaches and trainers, it really was that hustle mentality. But I think now more and more people are understanding the long-term impacts of that on mental health, mm-hmm. which doesn't lead to success anyway. <laughs> like, right. You're not going to be successful if you're depressed. Yeah. Like it's not going to happen. So I'm, I'm really grateful to you know, hear that shift um, in thought leaders. Well, and I think too, when you're, when you're new to something, you're new in business or mm-hmm. anything, you are so eager to just listen to whatever you can get your hands on as far as like leadership goes or coaches or somebody that's gone before you. And sometimes I, I honestly think people just take it almost too literally yeah. where you have to you have to be able to decide what is hustle, what is procrastination, what is, um, mm-hmm. you know, t- taking a break. Like there are going and, – and you know in your heart and your soul when you're not doing something and you have that like little guilt of like, I probably should be doing this, but like this is what I feel like doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, you have to just differentiate for yourself. Yeah. Like someone can't really tell you because I could look at what you do and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You're, we're not in each other's businesses. So no. it's kind of different. Yeah. I ran, I went to this yoga class very last minute yesterday and it was just like such a random class. I was not planning on going, but I, in the back of my mind, it was like something awesome is going to happen and just went really into it very positive. Well, I was the only student on the class, <laughs> which was awesome because I got to do like one a one-on-one. And then I yeah. just dive deep with this teacher that I've known for years, but never got on a deeper level. And I was just, it was just awesome. And I love to practice yoga. And he said something to me that I didn't even ever realize, but he started talking about how, what people think yoga is and what it stands for and like how it brings like peace and all these different things. But he says like a true yogi is someone who is very authentic and helping like everyone around them, including themselves. So like you could be very authentic, but if you're not staying true to yourself and like being aware of what you're doing, then that's really not yoga because you're lying to yourself. And I was like, oh, damn, I never thought of it that way. It's just like, it's all comes back to your mind. You're meant to be. Yeah. You're meant to be there. Yeah, no. But it was just a very interesting way to look at it. And it just all comes down to, I guess, your mindset and what your priorities are. And I think a lot of people just don't take the time to figure out what those priorities are and what they really want to accomplish. So then they're just kind of lost. They're doing things just to do them. But are they leading to anything? Or are you just going in a circle as well? So I feel like people don't know how to do it. Yeah, I think people want to. Everyone has a great intention. Otherwise, no one would start businesses. No one would join network marketing. No one would try. But I think it gets lost in the how. Like, mm-hmm. okay, but how do I do this? Like, what do I need to do? There's not enough guidance and leadership and an honest, um, open leadership about what's required to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. I remember calling um, my friend Mick, who runs a company called On The Go, which is this giant 
sportswear provider. And I was telling him, I'm like, I'm really struggling with why not the brand. It's been three years. I'm exhausted. You know, nothing's happening. I've hit wall after wall after wall after wall. And I'm just like totally bitching to him. And he turns around, he goes, yeah, and? He's like, Kata, this is what business is. Like, you're only three years in. You have to give it at least five years before anything happens. Like, your expectations are totally off. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, of course, (laughs) because we live in this world where everyone's like, oh, I just made a million dollars in 60 seconds. And wow, like, it's just not realistic. Like, people that do things like that, you, you, and again, if you look at the how, it's not sustainable, it's not ethical or whatever. Like, it just happened to be a stroke of luck or who knows. But legitimate business takes time. Getting healthy takes time. Mm -hmm. Learning yoga takes time. And I think because not enough people are speaking about the challenges and the failures, like, the questions you guys are asking are so important. People need to be asking everybody who's done anything these questions because you'll very quickly find that the failures and the challenges and the timeframes and the setbacks, and it's all a part of it. But no one's talking about it which is why I think so many people consider themselves failures because they step into the arena, they get beat up and they go, oh my gosh, not for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's like, yes, welcome. That was day one. Come back day two. Yeah, no, I mean, especially with social media, you're just seeing everything in an instance, like someone just got an award, someone got this. Mm -hmm. And it's like how you don't see the amount of time that person put effort into doing that. And I think that we have lost a sense of patience and all of these goals Mm -hmm. and want it to happen immediately. And it's just not realistic. Like a lot of realtors, brand new realtors will message me and they're like, you're doing so well. And I'm like, I've been in this business for a long time. It's taken so much dedication and work. It just didn't happen overnight, especially with real estate. That's a long-term game. It doesn't, you know, you don't meet a client and you don't close that house right away. It's months from now. So it's very interesting, um, everyone's perspective on that. Do you have, um, do you want to share more about what it's taken you to figure out how to you know, what your priorities have been and what you do on a daily basis to figure that out? Yeah, (laughs) it's taken, (laughs) it shifts all the time. And people ask me about my daily schedule all the time. And I like to consider myself somebody who has a lot of different tools at my disposal. Things I've learned from network marketing, things I've learned. I had a business coach that I paid for months and years, things I learned from other coaches I've had, things I've learned, you know, from reading books. And I pick up these different tools at different times. So my priorities and goals constantly shift and then things happen in between. Like, for example, I used to live in Sydney. I was 100% into building my wine company. That was like my number one priority. Then my dad was diagnosed with a third cancer and everything changed. I moved home and he became my priority. And then my network marketing became more important again. Like things will constantly change and shift. So I am very much, okay, where's my big picture? But I'm also very much about what's presenting itself right now. Mm -hmm. Like if family is the priority, family is the priority and everything else shifts around that. If my immediate family is happy, healthy, everyone's good, I go, okay, what is it that I need now to get to my long-term goal? My long-term goal is achieving this by this age. So the most productive thing I can do right now is focus on this. Therefore, I'm going to schedule this into my diary. So there's not a really black and white answer to that. It it really just depends on the flow and the sequence of where I'm at. Yeah, it sounds like you're very in the moment of what you need at that time. And then you're pivoting along the way. So that's, that's awesome. Um, 
So we do love to ask our guests every week. It's, you know, a very common question throughout all of our episodes. But um, we want to ask, what rules in life or your business journey have you personally tossed out? Definitely the expectation to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's one thing that makes me cringe. (laughs) I can't handle it. And it's something that I've copped a lot of flack over, but people come to me now because I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes me sad that I stand out as somebody who's authentic because I believe everyone should be authentic. But there's so much fakeness, so mm-hmm. many social media is tough. And I'm look, any business is tough because people can stand up for a second and present and you go, oh my gosh, they're God's gift to earth. Mm-hmm. Spend a week with them in their home. And they're nothing like what you think at all, like at all. Even people that I've looked up to in business and that I've met, I'm like, wow, this person is awful. They're genuinely a horrible person. But when you see them on social media, you think they're incredible. So one thing that I have really tossed out is that. Like if you came and spent a week in my home, I would be exactly what you see on social media. And I pride myself on that. It might not be the sexiest, most attractive thing, um, <laughs> But it's me. It's me. And, and and that's really important to me for people to understand who they're deciding to do business with or do life with. So that's been a big decision for me is just to, yeah, to not worry about that perception of what it should look like and just show what is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it is with the age of social media, everyone just wants to share what they think everyone would wants like to see yeah. yeah wants to see but then the accounts that are being extremely vulnerable and so authentic are the ones that just really skyrocket and just succeed on its own because people were there isn't that much authenticity to go around so when you see it you just relate it's like there's so much you just it's a very relatable you want it more of it um we actually have a friend that we've had on the podcast that has like a lot of um she's like going through like a personal healing journey and she has she was like a she's an instagram influencer and she's shared more about that and how that's changed her audience and all of that it's just it's very interesting but i do think that right now the topic of authenticity is picking up because mm-hmm. it's something that people are really trying to share more of and people are more gravitated to that topic as well. Yeah. And I had I had um, shared with Kata earlier that I have been, you know, following her. I swear, I don't even know. I think it was before Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. something that always just like piqued my interest in what she shared was that it was just real. And I mean, and, and I, I think some people try to be real and then they make these like, they almost make fun of themselves to be real. And it's like, okay, well, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But just talk like you normally would if you were having a conversation or share what you want to share. And it doesn't have to be the strategic thing. And so she was always very like transparent about that even before, you know, before that. And you might turn some people off, but those aren't your people then. That is true. I feel like some people that are trying to still seek that authenticity or like playing the field of being vulnerable will kind of make a joke out of it. So it's like kind of like they're transitioning to just putting it all out there. I mean, I just think being more yourself just will attract such a better audience that you want. That you want, right. That you want. And then it just like creates such a stronger relationship and mission and culture for your own personal company. Yeah. So 
think such great advice is just to be yourself and have people just listen. Yeah. And just will keep going and moving forward as well. Exactly. Yeah. So Kata, I know that, uh, I know we, we're, our time is coming to an end soon, but I did want to ask you, so, you know, with your businesses and just so much that you've learned along the way, um, what can we expect from wine, not the brand in the next couple months, uh, years? Like what is your, what is your plan with that? So we can also share. Oh, well, listen, well, domination, obviously, <laughs> but it will take a little while. It will take a little while. Um, I have learned and realized along the way that although it's amazing to have multiple things on the table, it's impossible to do absolutely everything at once, 100%. Right. And when you, so the, the next thing for wine is the tipping point. So I have all the products ready. We've got our trademark, we've got our licenses in place, and it's ready to go. The reason I'm holding back is because once I launch it, it's going to go crazy. People already want the next lot, which I need to create, which I need to throw money at, which I need my network marketing business for. Right. So at the moment, why not is just kind of there and I'm slowly finding the second round of wine because everything that I did the first round totally does not work and I have to basically start again. So that's a fun process. Wow. So next few months, you probably won't see a lot from why not because it's a lot of behind the scenes work. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it launches, it's going to be available everywhere so it's going to be like a zero to 100 type story if everything goes to plan which it never does so who knows really (laughs) so what I'm focusing on right now is just the network marketing so I'm so close so close to the tip top of the company which is awesome and it's for me it's more proving a point like I'm (laughs) right sounds a bit you know but I need to get there to show that what I'm saying works and Absolutely. I need to get there knowing that people have watched the entire journey and that I care about the how as much as I care about the results. So that's what I'm putting all my energy into at the moment. And then why not we'll just trickle through after that. So Amazing. big picture, why not it's going to be global. Um, right now, behind the scenes, laying that really, really strong groundwork. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for getting up um, so early this morning to be with us. And I know you have a full day ahead of you as well. So for our listeners, you guys, you can um, follow her at Kata. How do you say your last name? Sir. So it's just, I love that. I, I mean, I just can't. Actually, my phone... Um, I have a Google phone, so if I, it's probably going to talk to me now, but it's in an Australian accent. It's sick. I'm just, I'm sick. Um, you know how many people like, say that to me? Whenever I'm traveling the States, you guys all put your GPSs onto like the hot Australian dude. <laughs> like, what is that? I don't know. It's just, it's just so pleasant to listen to. It really is. Um, so you can follow her at Kata and then it's C-S-E-R. She just shares so many, you know, not even just business tips, just life tips, life hacks, and just real shit. I mean, honestly, as real as it could get. Um, she's a dancer. She's just got so much going on. Um, and then also wine, not the brand, which right now is just going on in Australia. So you guys follow her, engage with her. She, I've been chatting with her, like DMing with her for years, and she gets back right away. Um, so um, yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And just this was awesome. So awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I love having these real conversations. So it's the best. So awesome. 
appreciate it. If anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. But yeah, girl, teasing what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Don't let anybody tell you it's not important. So you're awesome. awesome. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. See you guys.